Hello and welcome to the Race FF Podcast. I'm your host, Jaime Garcia. And today, guys, I kind of wanted to talk a little bit about some golden era, maybe not necessarily secrets, but I find that whenever I look for information for golden era Hondas, you kind of get stuck in the white noise, if you will, of uh, just a plethora of information of what's out there. Um, and of course, if you're, um, looking for certain parts or trying to keep those golden era Hondas running, um, you gotta get a little bit, uh, creative with them. So we have that. And of course your Honda challenge update, um, because I did not show love to, uh, pretty much, uh, Texas. So I'm going to give you an update on uh, how they're looking at for their uh, 2023 uh, regional standings. So, um, and of course, I'll, I'll give you some updates on uh, how the EG is coming for uh, the 2023 season and what we're going to be doing for that. So, Honda Challenge! <laughs> So, of course, we have our Honda Challenge update, and the update for um, Texas is, again, um, Texas is looking a little thin right now, but it's the start of the year, and, you know, we have a lot of, uh, uh, our, our season pretty much doesn't follow the normal winter break, if you will. So it's more of a more of a summer break than a winter break. So, so um, it's a little thin over in uh, Texas, but you know we have um, friend of friend of the show um, GD Bird Racing out there. So um, right now. Um, we really only have three people, and again, I can't say anything because we're in SoCal and we're even worse. So, um, without further ado, we have in first place, uh, someone who I really don't know, uh, Jeremy Zietler, I'm gonna say, yeah, Zietler, um, and second place, uh, GD Bird Racing, um, Dane Bird, of course, um, and third place, we have car number 08, Michael Iacio, Iancino, I'm going to say, yeah, Iancino. So those are the three people out there. But what's interesting in terms of the um, total points is that Jeremy Sittler is comfortably in the lead. And it looks like something happened on the 29th because bird racing has zero points for that one that's usually odd and then we have michael iancino um with nothing on the books so something went kind of weird and uh if uh gd bird racing uh isn't able to figure it out i i hope it's not related to the cool um thread he was sharing about the um what was it the um 
the ABS system that he was doing. Because I know that that, um, that car never came with ABS, so him adding ABS to a CRX is actually pretty cool. And, um, yeah, so I hope that's not related, but that is, once again, car number 713, GD Bird Racing in second place overall with 90 points. And Jeremy Sittler with the Triple Eight car up in front with 300 points. And Michael Iancino, uh, we, we've got zeros. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. I, I've never seen that actually happen. So I'm going to have to reach out to, um, going to have to reach out to Dane to see what happened there. Cause, uh, that's really interesting. So, um, waiting for Northeast and, uh, mid Atlantic to get started, but end of course, SoCal for us to go. So for right now, oh, and before I hit end the segment, um, I don't think, in SoCal, we're going to be doing a lot of the, or not doing a lot of, um, but we will not be going to the Chuckwalla race, at least from the people that I know in the SoCal region. It seems like in terms of Honda Challenge, we will not be going to that one. That's kind of coming up really soon so uh, again my car is up on jack stands and uh with a big hole where the transmission is so with that i think it's a safe spot to go ahead and go with um and of course i never get this to work correctly correctly the challenge <laughs> update. that is our honda challenge update so since I've pointed out the giant gaping hole in my engine bay, what is going on with that? <laughs> I, I know for a lot of people who are used to like kind of the uh, YouTube kind of like, oh, you get, um, you know, everything done right away and there's like no um, wait time because you, you see things happen in real time. Some people struggle, so... Uh, right now, out of the two transmissions that I have out with uh, Steve from Bean Dogs Racing, um, I think we'll be able to make one. <laughs> so I, I think in reality, what's most likely going to happen is that we're going to get the um, counter shaft um, and install that into my working uh CS20 transmission, which is the one for the 92 to 95 Honda Civics, the SI and EX. Um, I think the only difference between that is a uh, fifth gear, I believe. And even then, the rules now allow us to go ahead and use any OEM gearing, so that's no longer an issue. With that, <clears throat> Being said, you know, my car's been up on jack stands for a little bit, and, you know, it's, again, no fault of um, anybody, because I'm getting help for that, and it's not a main priority for the people out there, because they're dealing with life and real stuff. So, you know, helping me out is kind of a side thing, and it's kind of hard if anybody... Um, realizes when you try and get more than one person involved 
on something. So it's trying to coordinate Carlos, Steve, and Eric, and then also me, who I live like about an hour away, or only like really 40 miles away from them, but it's LA, so that can go from 50 minutes to almost two hours. (laughs) Yeah, it's wild. So in the meantime, I thought, well... Having one transmission that doesn't work, or that could fail, um, it's not good because you want to have a spare. So, you know, uh, uh, cue the Johnny Cash, um, uh, I hurt myself again. (laughs) I went out and bought another transmission. (laughs) Found one, of course, on Facebook Marketplace, uh, traded some EG parts, and, um, $120 $120 later, I have this, or actually, I think it was 160 when I paid for it. I have this actually really clean-looking uh, transmission, and I learned from last time. I shoved a screwdriver in it and uh, rode through the gears, and I felt it go through all of the gears correctly. So, um... I'm going to say that for the most part, it's got the other $70 transmission that I bought as a spare beat in the fact that I can select gears. And it's not just stirring soup, if anybody remembers that uh, video that I posted on the Instagram for it. Um, So, before I install this one in my EG and just have it so that I can get the car moving around... And not up on jack stands, and I can um, kind of use the space a little bit more, uh, you know, more uh, of what it's um, being used for. Um, I wanted to go ahead and crack that guy open and clean out the magnetic um, drain or magnetic little catch that they have for any material debris and just give it a a once over to make sure that there's no loose bearings like the one that i had on my um eg because one of the bearings on the main shaft or counter shaft was almost moving like a spherical instead of it being like a uh, solid if you will a skateboard bearing so not not good you you're not supposed to have the thing bolt it down and then have play up and down uh on that bearing that's genuinely not a good thing so um i'm gonna crack that guy open i think i still have some i think i purchased recently some uh gray gasket maker um but i might just wait until i go and get um some honda bond from like honda or something i might just order it off of amazon because i get off of late get off of work late so yeah that's what i'm gonna do with that um hopefully i can get that in uh kind of put things together a little bit better and um you know make sure that that car's um that the car's uh moving up and down um and what i'm what i want to do with that one actually is I want to save up for a little bit and buy another M Factory 4.9 final drive for it and have that as a 4.9 uh, final drive spare. And, you know, in case anything ever happens um, to the other one, I can just swap them out out on track and have, like, a working spare. 
And that kind of brings me to my next point about working spares. So, hmm, how can I put this? So I'm usually really surprised with people. Um, and it is something that I've noticed from, uh, you know, from not necessarily like racing, but just like going out on track. And even for me, when I was out um, driving with my buddies up in the mountain roads, I love to have spares. Like I am known for having way too much junk in my trunk and having like tools and whatever. And even though I had like the most reliable car, which was the Honda and my buddies all had like old Corollas and RX-7s and you know, I, I always brought tools, possibly too many, and most likely not very well organized. So, but I had them. So, with that being said, working spares has been something that I've been um, kind of very consistent about with uh, the EG. And sometimes even just replacing things that I think are going to be uh, failure points in the future. So kind of like future proofing myself. So what do I mean about that? And, you know, if you're driving essentially like this is going to be specific to the 92 to 95 EGs, because I know these things will be specific for that chassis, but I think it can be kind of like, well, it can be expanded to all the golden eras, which is pretty much 88 to 2000 or 2001 if you're adding the Type R or Integris or whatnot. So because they share a lot of um, parts, you you can get away from um, with kind of expanding this into um, in, into uh, those chassis, the Integros, the EKs, and... Uh, the CRXs and, um, and probably, yeah, the CRXs as well. So, mm, maybe not that much for the CRX because I haven't messed with them. So, uh, the biggest issue I find is, re and really the scary part, because for me, like, my biggest fear is not being able to get the car running. So, with the running, with having running spares... What I mean about that is that you have a spare that you've tested on the vehicle and you know works. So for those generation civics, you know, scariest thing to happen is, you know, the distributor fails. Whether it's because the rotor school fall, falls out or the igniter takes a shit or... Um, the secondary igniter, I, I forget what it's called, but let me look that one up. I was just looking up that one. So it, it's listed in, uh, the parts catalog, um, for Hondas, like, it is just listed as a igniter assembly. So there's like two parts. You have your igniter, it has the spring, and then a, there's this other little smaller piece with a heat sink and I believe like three plugs going to it. So that part of 
of the distributor can fail sometimes. And I, and I like having spares. So, <laughs> um, as people know, yeah, I, having working spares is, is a good thing. So, um, let me pull that one up. So, as is listed on Honda's website, and it looks like you could still get it, but at those prices, I'm going to say pass. It is an ignition kit. So part number, and this is for the 92 to 95 Civic SI, so the D16C6 engines. It's like part number 06300-P2E-305. So what I like to do is I like to try and find those from similar vehicles so one of the cool things about honda is that they made a lot of these parts on different vehicles so for that part in particular pretty much and i know this is gonna sound wild but all the way up until i think from the 97 to 2001 honda accord you can find those uh ignition assemblies or what have you, and you want to look for the Japanese ones. Those, I mean, if, if you can find them on a newer car, most likely means that it's less heat cycles in there based off of mileage, could vary and whatnot, but it's been on there for less time, I guess. <clears throat> and... You know, that's kind of the key with those little electronics parts. I, I'd like to get the ones that are labeled tech or um, made in Japan because um, they're going to be pretty robust. So I, I've scored a couple of those, and I think you can still get those out of the CRV as well, uh, although I don't remember. I want to say that, the, yeah, you can get those off of a CRV as well. Um, Pretty much in terms of civics, you can get it off of any any civic from like 92 to 2000. It's all the same part number and same thing. And you just want to get the little electrical part. Um, the heat sink you can swap over. That's not that bad. You might want to have one um, just as a spare. Um, but aside from that, like that's pretty good. You're, you're, you're pretty set with that. The next part for the distributor that you want to uh, fix, and this is something that I think uh, Dylan did the MSD coil, but I suck at electronics, so I, I honestly just prefer to <laughs> um, go with the OEM style, but it's really the SL um, um, igniter coil. Uh, the super coil, if you will. So I believe the part number of that one is, uh, so it's spelled A-C-C-E-L, super coil, um, part number 11076. So it's a bit more of a robust system, and that's what I have in my EG right now. And again, I like to have like spare so whenever i'm in the junkyard i like find one of them that looks like it's an oem one and i just keep that one and 
what I did was I grabbed another uh, distributor. And even though, you know, you might find one that's like an aftermarket one, you can put like the good bits into it and have that guy come together. Now, there is one part that if it fails, you cannot find an OEM replacement. And for that one, that is, let me bring it up. That is an inner O-ring. So everyone's familiar with the distributor O-rings um, leaking from Honda. They get hard, they get brittle and whatnot. And it's the O-ring that goes on the outside of the shaft that goes into the head. And that wants to keep the oil coming out from the distributor o-ring and you see that one leaking all over there is though a second o-ring because there's a rotating assembly that spins and that's what's giving the computer um timing information and there's an inner o-ring and that's where you take the cap off and you find oil on the inside of the distributor cap this one at least um, it, it could be like a fully, um, like this one might be the correct one for, um, like the Integros as well, but um, I haven't verified and it does come with two O-rings. So this O-ring set from Dorman, I believe the seal kit, uh, Dorman kit set is 917 136 so that one will give you the smaller one, I think, is uh, for the 92 to 95 Civic um, E-axis, so the D16C6. And that one has uh, two inner seals and then one outer seal. So I think the outer seal is kind of the same on all of the distributors. But the inner ones, they have like a different um, diameter and... You know, I rebuilt it with that in there. And in all honesty, if you've ever built like Ikea furniture, <laughs> like you can probably take apart and reassemble a, a distributor. And again, I like to have that thing knowing that I've put it on the car. I turn it on, the car runs and it goes and I know that I have a working spare. And that saved my butt so many times. And in terms of like going out um, with testing with Carlos. And, you know, I had the distributor fail. And now when a distributor fails, at least in my experience and the way that Carlos has uh, explained it to me, how he's seen it was um he sees the distributor failure as is like it's either on or off the distributor is not like usually an intermittent issue again this is something that even brian gillespie um um that one time that i got to meet the man um told me about that it's pretty much an on and off switch so if you find find an issue that like your car stop working while it's driving check your distributor that's possibly one of the um 
one of the areas where it can fail. And I am very happy that I had the, what was it, the um, working spare um, with with essentially the, um, with having that working spare in, in my, um, spares box or really just like a box with the spare distributor, because you, you want to make sure that you have something that's working and you can slap on real quick because sometimes diagnosing and troubleshooting stuff at the track is not ideal. And I mean, by the by the time uh Carlos was able to coast the car in and we got it in, swapped the distributor back out, car fired right up. I mean, we didn't lose really any time on you know, going out on track. So it's a big advantage to if you're gonna have a spare to know that it's a working spare. Cause sometimes if you just have like these spare parts and you don't know that they work. Um, you know, you, you're going to be in a tight situation and then you put it together and you're like, well, is it going to work? Is it not going to work? And it's, um, it seems like kind of, a, a no duh, um, thing, but I, I've seen this happen to other people. So it's, it's something that I consider um, kind of like very necessary. Like I, I, I would agree that that is incredibly necessary to have working spares because if you don't, it's just it's just gonna suck, and that's that's no fun. No one wants to have um, replacement parts and not know if they're gonna work and. Yeah, I I think if you're going out to the track before you go out and you're bringing some spares for things that are going to fail or known failure points for the vehicles, having a working spare distributor is super key. Now, I'll probably have to search for this um, and post it in the show notes, but... I got, um, based off of Baker's, um, help or rather, um, advice, he recommended to change out the infamous, um, screw. Now, the screw that holds on the rotor on the distributor is well known for being a pain in the ass to remove sometimes because, you either over torque it and you might round it off in it. A Phillips head is really easy to round off if you're feeling kind of like aggressive or um, trying to make sure that that sucker doesn't fall off of you again because that would suck. So what Baker um, told me was that he replaced that hardware with a essentially a hex nut. So, oh, here we go. I have it. So it is, so you don't have to double check or take it apart to find this information out. So I bought a bunch of little screws to replace that screw so that now instead of a Phillips head, 
I believe it's a M or like a size four um, um, socket. So um, like a hex socket. So um, the size is M5-0.8 by 12. Now it feels like it's a little long, but I, I think it's perfectly fine. Um, I put a little bit of uh, blue Loctite on it. And I've done this to both of my distributors because when I went testing with Carlos, what I found was that that screw had gotten loose and fallen and then slammed into my really nice uh, tech uh, igniter. So that failed and I was very upset and, you know, not, not happy about that. So I think if you have the oil seal on the inner and outer done um a good xl or even the msd one for the igniter coil uh done and um you know you rummage around through the junkyard and make sure you have a nice um japanese uh, igniter kit um in there the tech one um dude your your distributor is going to be pretty reliable and remember when Honda made these cars out there, they lasted and raced with those parts on there for a good while, and they were pretty reliable. So, moving from the distributor, um, and of course, if you're going to take one of those apart, there's a couple YouTube videos that I've seen out there that are pretty good, so just look them up. Um, when when you do do that, I do recommend if uh, the YouTube video that um, you're looking at um doesn't explain it well when you take it out make sure to kind of clean the little two uh prongs that go into the cam clean that off and put a, a line through it so you can find the orientation of where the uh, the splines go because they're not perfectly even they're kind of like off-centered a little bit so that the spline will not go in 180 degrees off like it can only go in correctly one way um, kind of hard to explain unless you take that guy off and look at it and play with it, but yeah, um, take your time, be slow. And again, if you've done Ikea furniture, the parts are super easy. Um, it's just Phillips heads and replacing a seal. Uh, it was incredibly intimidating to me at first, but you know, a good screw, a good, a good Phillips head screwdriver and, you know, um, some can-do attitude, and you'll be fine. Um, again, if you've done IKEA furniture, <laughs> you, you could do this one. So, now that we've covered the distributor, which is a kind of a big pain point for the Golden Era Hondas, we have another one that, at least with me, showed as an intermittent failure. So, let me tell you what it is that I experienced, and if maybe you're running through the same thing. It might be the same thing. So, I would get every once in a while just like, boom, no RPMs. And the car would like drop and then I would put it into gear and kind of like pop start it and it would start back up. And it was just like, what the hell is going on? And it wasn't until I talked to, um, and again, shout out to this man. Uh, he does so much for the Honda community. Um, Brian Gillespie. So 
I, when I was talking to him, I told him about this uh, issue that I was having and how frustrating it was because, of course, it is. And he told me that that sounded more like a main ECU relay. So underneath the dash, like, un- just like right underneath it, there's this little gray box and it's the main ECU relay. And that one, you can still get it. I think I paid like 70 bucks for mine to get an OEM one. And yeah, I just swapped that sucker out and I knew, okay, now I have a good one and no issues with that type of a problem. Um, I know there's an Eric the Car Guy video where he takes it out and checks the soldering. And I did that for mine um, and I wasn't able to find any issues, Um, at least nothing that stood out to me, but I replaced it. And had no issues through that. Now, uh, thanks to social media and being able to search for stuff, there is a really cool um, kit that somebody made for it in that it changes it from the Honda one, which is the big old uh, like $70 main ECU relay, to a generic, um, I think they call it a five-point relay, that you could get like for five or six bucks from any autos, uh, auto store. So the person or manufacturer that makes this kit is called uh, Jordan Distributors Inc. JDI under their Instagram I, is where I saw this. And it's literally a jumper harness that just converts it over and then you're done. So they make one with a kill switch uh, connected to it, which is pretty cool for daily drivers but for me um if i start having these issues again i may just go for it and i think the last that i checked because i looked it up um right before i recorded the price was like 50 something bucks so it's uh, cheaper than the main ecu relay and you know the fact that you can get those things in autozone i mean i would just say again because i like to parts hoard Grab that uh, harness jumper and then click that guy in there. Have two spare good ones ready to go. And because it's kind of an easy thing to swap out, if there is like a buddy of yours that's out on track and they're having like some weird issue or having some like intermittent like power on and off, you can connect that sucker on there and then see, you know, what it is that uh, the problem is. And, you know, that's, like, another big thing that, like, if you have, um, like, working knowledge or spares, it can be so helpful for another person and not everybody races and tows their car to the track. So having spares is really, really important. Now, in terms of the chassis, um one of the things that I really want to get spares for is of course having knuckles. And, um, so that, that's something that I want to have like just a spare knuckle with a ball joint so that if I ever run into an issue or there's like some contact, God forbid, and something happens with the wheel that I could just have something on there. So that's something that I'm going to be working on. So I'll be, keep an eye out in your local Sun Valley uh, junkyard. I might be there looking at a 
9495EX <laughs> and trying to get some of those knuckles uh, to go ahead and put some new bearings in there and uh, do that. But another thing, and this uh, comes out from uh, really from Baker's experience through um, Nationals was um, rear trailing arms. So if you were able to take out all the bolts that hold the hub onto a rear trailing arm um, from a drum brake one to, and this is again talking from the 92 to 2000 um, Civics and Integras, I believe they are all the same in terms of mounting points and in terms of like the hardware portion uh, of it until you start putting like the rear disc and everything else on onto it. Now, for the sake of not dealing with old rusty bolts, and I'm sure many people in the back east will agree with this, I think that it's a good idea to have like two spare, or just like the left and right trailing arms, because sometimes the fatigue on those metals, and you know, they've been running for a long time, it, it would be a good idea to have that as a spare. Now, if you have um, a spherical um kit like the pci ones that just means you have to use the template and then drill out the holes and then take out the trailing arm for them and you know bam you have your your spare and also okay um i've seen this a lot with people when you're taking out the rear trailing arm bushings hit them from the inside of the trailing arm out they're tapered if you tap them from the from the inside out, you can use like a regular like carpenter, like a claw hammer, and do like two or three taps uh, on each side. I think I watched uh, Garage Built Hondas uh, do it, and it comes out super easy. I've seen some people try to smash them out from the outside in, and it's like, bro, that is brutal. Like that is not gonna fit. There's a slight taper to them, and that's how they kind of keep them from walking. But, yeah, you know, if and if you don't have, you know, the fancy PCI spare, spherical one, um, another one that has that same setup where you nut and bolt it on is the ASR one. And I actually kind of like their setup because it's not a spherical, but it uses, like, Delrin. Um, so if you are racing in a class where you get a lot of pun penalties for, uh, spherical stuff, that's something you should look into. Or if you want to go the more cost effective route, the one that I really like, um, just based off the, off of the design is really the white line, um, kit for the rear trailing arms. And let me see if I have a part number for it. Uh, yes, here we go. So the thing that I like about this one is that it has the inner shaft that you use to bolt the trailing arm up onto, and it's like a bushing, so you have to just kind of press it in. So you could use the old trick of, like, big old washers and a nut um, to kind of, like, slam them through. And the part number for this, and this is all, again, for 88 to 2000 Civic, 94 90, uh, to 2001 Integra. So the part number is 
W six three four five two G S and Gary, and you know, cost effectiveness of it, it's like fifty bucks. So, you know, your boy's all about being cost effective, and you know, I I don't know if I'm gonna get pushback from this. I might, but. Given with some certain uh, movements that uh, EJ2 TrackRat is doing, I might be coming up and biting on the hill on the heels of EJ2 TrackRat's most cost-effective Honda Challenge racer. I, I think I might be getting there. <laughs> um, you know, shout out to Dylan. Um, he's I, I I don't I'm not calling him Fancy Boy, but. I'm saying that I'm really excited to see him, you know, kind of invest in the potential that I know he has. And I am, again, hyped as all hell to see what he's going to be able to do in 2023. And no spoilers, but, you know, your boy's been working hard as hell. And, you know, Dylan... Um, it's getting fancier and fancier, man. Like, you know, he's got AM electronics. He, he's, he's, um, you know, he's something that I aspire to in terms of, uh, being fancy like him and being, a not baller, um, but just, you know, investing in himself. Like, um, I, I know he, he deserves. So shout out to Dylan. Cause I like that guy. He's fucking cool. Um, <clears throat> horse. So, I think there's obviously a lot more out there. I mean, those cars have been gone through a lot, but I feel like addressing these things and having like those quality spares um, will save you a lot from the jam. So, definitely the distributor, making sure you have either the MSD or the XL uh, igniter, and you'll be pretty... Um, Pretty good, making sure that you have the inner and outer O-ring um, deal taken care of. And I don't know if I gave the part number for that one. I think I did. But the Dorman uh, seal kit, and again, that's like 20 bucks um, for the distributor. And the seal kit number, again, is uh, 917-136. And it's um, you could get it at AutoZone, and since it's a $19 part, you are going to get that point. Again, shout out to all my cheap asses out there that uh, do the $20 uh, points and, until they get $100 and get that $20 back. That's how I've been doing a lot of my loop <laughs> changes. Because <laughs> um, I run that VR1. Because um, I have no cat on the um, EG anymore, so I don't have to worry about um, the high zinc uh, hurting the cats. So... That's pretty much the electronic parts that I've seen kind of fail on Hondas, um, especially like my generation. Um, I know that crank angle sensors sometimes mess up or can mess up, but uh, I, I, I don't have that much experience on it, so I can't really speak to that. Um, that being said, you know, make sure you have spares of things that you know are common fail points and... If you know there's something that is a fail point, you know, just replace it before you go out on the track. 
and keep the other one as a working spare um, because it's a lot easier to replace things in the garage or even in your own driveway than it is out in the track because that that sucks. So with that being said, guys, you know, thank you and I will see you next Monday. Goodbye. Thank you.